1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Libra Cristo War College. Wednesday War College. I know a lot of you look, look forward to today's day, especially when I have Dan Schneider, Kyle Clement on. Dan, welcome to the show. We got all things Halloween to talk about today. Yes, yes. At that time of the year, we we, we get pumpkin in our Cheerios, and we get celebration <laughs> of death by by the by our our new death embracing secular culture. Yes. So yes, we can talk about Halloween. Yeah, it, I got a lot. I've, yeah, that, I, I've been. Yeah. That, what's, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. I'm getting, I'm getting texts and emails from people, good people, Catholics trying to weave their work their way through this, try to understand what's going on, you know, and a lot of misconception, a lot of misunderstanding. Dan, Dan one of the things that one of the things that I, I don't think there's a misunderstanding about is, uh, in fact, I, I sent you an email a couple of days ago. In the last couple of years, Halloween has morphed into something very dark in the United States. I'm just talking about our country since that's the only uh, experience I have. Uh, let's just be honest. Only 11 to 12 percent of Catholics go to Mass on Sunday right now. We have the lowest rate of Catholics in the U.S. going to Mass on Sunday since the start of this country. And so uh, if they don't go to Mass on Sunday, you think the average Catholic has pays any regard to All Saints Day, All Souls Day? No. You know what? You know what they're looking forward to? The average Catholic in the U.S.? October 31st, so my wife could dress like a Playboy bunny, and I can dress like Fred <laughs> Cougar, and I can dress like my kids like monsters and go collect candy. That yeah. They're not, Dan, I hate this. The yeah, average yeah. Roman Catholic Christian in the United States is not thinking about, I'm going to gain some plenary indulgences on October, I mean, yeah, November yeah. 1st and November 2nd by going to Holy Mass and uh, and doing the, you know, doing the, the, the Fatima, five first Saturday, you know, rosary, 15 minutes of meditation, confession. Dan, they're thinking about how I'm going to dress and how I'm going to dress my, uh, I walked around my neighborhood and I got a nice neighborhood. It's an upper middle class neighborhood here in Arizona. It's about half a dozen houses that look like like Jason Freddy the Kruger's house, you know, Friday the 13th. I'm looking at my neighbors. I'm saying, are you? I walked around my neighbor and prayed the rosary. You know, the neighbors didn't know what I was doing. They said, ah, there's Jesse, you know, walking around the neighborhood. I was praying for my everybody in the neighborhood because some of these people, you could see they are absolutely lost. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I was in traffic yesterday. And I saw a nice, you know, car and strapped to the back bumper was a, a, a baby doll, a look like realistic looking like toddler, maybe one year old. And uh, but it was just covered in scars and blood and smiling and happy. You know, I mean, wow. it, it, everywhere you go, you drive by houses, you drive by businesses. It looks like it. it, it it's a celebration of death. And uh, again, we've lost the, the basics of the roots so of what this the, used to be a, tr- a tritum. Give us the roots, Dan. So give us the Catholic roots, because uh, I know you're itching. You're itching to catechize uh, uh, the audience, and, and that's good. I'm glad. Give us. I'm the always Catholic itching to catechize. Roots. 
I'm always itching to throw a punch here and there. You know what I mean? It feels okay. good. You know, you get yeah, out there. Yeah. We get. There's nothing out there better than what you affectionately call DDT, devil defeating theology. theology. That's right. We don't know what we're doing, says Chesterton, because we don't know what we're undoing. Undoing. And and as we as we begin to embrace uh, um, secular culture, it's being we're being replaced by something. It's replacing something that that is ancient. This is from the Divine Office uh, app. Okay. Um, and it says this, the earliest Christian observance of the feast in honor of all the saints is an early 14th century commemoration of all the martyrs. In the early 7th century, after successive waves of invaders plundering the catacombs, Boniface, Pope Boniface IV gathered up some 28 wagon loads of bones and reinterred them beneath the Pantheon, a Roman temple dedicated to all the gods. That's what Pantheos means, all the gods. I've had mass there. It's, it's an incredible place. The Pope, this, that's the that's the church in, on, on Pentecost that they have this open hole in the roof and they drop rose petals down. If you if you if you've seen that that tradition, that's the Pantheon. Okay. It, that 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 shrine is has been rededicated. Now it's to all the martyrs. Okay. Um, according to Venerable Bede, Saint Bede, the Pope intended quote that the memory of all the saints might in the future be honored in the place which had formerly been dedicated to the worship not of gods but of demons. This is Saint Saint Venerable or Saint Saint Bede the Venerable. So this is the genesis of the solemnity of all saints. A couple things to note, as you you you've often pointed out, Psalm ninety six five: the gods of the Gentiles are demons. Okay, there's no there's no equivocation on this. Uh, St. Bede says, says as much. But also the comment of St. Bede shows that the, the veneration of saints is not just a popular piety. Oh, these are good guys, and, and I hope to get some favor from them. I hope Therese gives me a rose, right? Um, th this, 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 po this feast points to a theological reality, right, which, which in turn explains, one, why the demons hate us so passionately, just as this, this church symbolically recognizes that the saints, specifically the martyrs, right, the ultimate witness, the word martyroi means to witness, the martyrs who shed their blood out of, out of the proclamation of the faith for Jesus Christ displaced all the gods of the, of the, the false gods of the, panthe of the pantheistic religions. So this physical reality we see in this church, this, this deplacement of sacred space that now gets Christianized, is what is symbolizing what took place in heaven, according to some of the doctors of the church, Gregory, Thomas, etc. That that the speculation is when the in the third of the angels fell, God replaced their empty thrones with the saints. And this the Pantheon, the the Church of, of all the martyrs, all the holy martyrs in Rome celebrates this reality. So so uh, um, we fight this ancient enemy, and he remembers this. He remembers the sacred space, and he wants it back. And yeah. so what's happening here in Halloween is we had a triduum of feast. You had you had uh, Hallow Mass, right? All Saints, which is which is the first of November, the eve before. Because remember, a feast day begins at the at the vigils. So you have All Hallows Eve, leading up to that, and then the follow up day you have All uh, All Souls Day. And so it's a, it was a three-day feast or a triduum that was celebrated as one day. Remember, the word triduum and liturgically means a, a three-day party. And so it's one day celebrated over three days. And so this used to be a great feast day going back to ancient roots. And so now our, our, our secular, secular humanist culture is trying to take it back and has taken it back in a very, very macabre way. 
Um, and so, so now we even have cultures that are saying, oh, we can't celebrate Halloween because it's the devil. Yeah, another extreme. This is the devil's birthday. I had a priest uh, uh, text me this morning that there's parishioners saying, oh, no, you can't celebrate anything to do with Halloween, not even at church because it's the devil's birthday. What are you talking about? The devil doesn't have a birthday. He was created when God separated the light from the darkness on day one. To be birthed, right, means you have a body. The devil has no birthday. He was created good and fell when, he, when, when God showed him the creation and the plan of salvation for mankind that they would— the angels, the highest angels would serve a God incarnate. Therefore, he says, non-serving. I will not serve a God that takes a form lower than me, right? God became, became man incarnate. And so we see this diabolic inversion of a holy and ancient feast day. And, th and this is, we, have, we need to see it like it is, but we need to take it back. We need to not participate in the, in the secular cultural uh, um, uh, elements of it and take it back liturgically as Catholics. Okay, I want to talk about uh, taking it back. We got three more segments, but before we do... Uh, I, I just want to just add the fact that, uh, in fact, we do have to take it back because you and me get a lot of emails asking us these questions. But by the way, Dan, the popes and bishops and exorcists, they have noticed in the last several decades in the West how this has become a very dark holiday. I'll give you a, a couple of, 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 of uh, priests and bishops. Vatican exorcist Father Aldo Banuato. Uh, article says blames Halloween for increased possessions. It says calls for Halloween. Uh, a Vatican exorcist is blaming Halloween for a spike in demonic possession around the world. He also says uh, <clears throat> many say Halloween is a simple carnival, <clears throat> but in fact, there's nothing innocent or fun about it. There are more evil rituals, animal sacrifices, desecrations of cemeteries, and thefts of sacred bones. From here, the door to the devil can be opened. Uh, Father <clears throat> uh, Walter Cassioli, another exorcist, spokesman for the a uh, Association of International Ex uh, Spokesmen of Exorcists. He says, uh, there's been a steady increase in possessions. And he also talks about, as a result, the Catholic Church in Italy wants to replace the night of costumes and trick-or-treating with a positive event called Holy Ween. Uh, Father Gabriel Amorth, celebrating Halloween is like celebrating the devil. He says, Halloween is really a spiritual gathering presented as a form of a game. That is prevalent. It is the equivalent of singing Hosanna to the devil. Pope Benedict says Halloween is dangerous as he slams anti-Christian festival. Uh, the Vatican attempted to put on to put a break on the growing popularity of Halloween yesterday, back in 2009, branding it anti-Christian and dangerous. Uh, you got liturgical expert under Pope Benedict XVI, Father Joan Maria Canals. He also talks about Halloween has an undercurrent of occultism and is absolutely anti-Christian. Uh, Archbishop Cardinal Norberto Rivera from Mexico, he also teaches, by the way, he's a professor of exorcism in Mexico to the, uh, to the School of Exorcism in Mexico City. He says this, if we seek to be faithful Catholics under the values of the Gospels, we must conclude that Halloween has nothing to do with the celebration that gave it birth. Father Jose Antonio Fortea from Spain, he also says something similar. Unfortunately, in the last 15 to 20 years, this celebration has become more and more esoteric or oriented towards the occult. Costumes really are very bloody. Something that is disgusting is not beautiful for the children to have a fun time. It's something horrible and a very bad taste to see the children in that way. So now, in light of these statements, we're going to talk about how a Catholic should approach this day with Dan Schneider and myself. And how, how is it that we baptized the pagan trappings of this day? 
Wednesday War College will be right back talking about all things Halloween. Stick around. Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. Dan, I think what a lot of these the popes, the bishops, these exorcists, what they're concerned about is uh, what Halloween, the, because it's a billion-dollar industry. I mean billion-dollar industry. You've got, you can buy satanic statues in Walmart and Target, Baphomet, Baal, Molech, who, by the way, we reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name. Uh, you can find some of the darkest costumes out there. They're, they're dressing kids like Freddy Krueger and other dark, macabre individuals. <clears throat> and so I think that's the concern of Pope Benedict XVI, a lot of these Vatican exorcists, a lot of these bishops that have weighed in, is that Catholics don't know uh, that, that Halloween means holy evening before All Saints Day. And the average Catholic gives no regard to, to, to All Saints Day because they're so secularized. They've been so trained by they've they've been so trained by the secular culture. All they're looking forward to is a lot of these women in the in the office is dressing like a Playboy bunny on October thirty first and partying all that weekend. That's the problem. It's just a lack of catechesis and uh, a failure to evangelize our people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Again, we don't we don't see this globally in the big picture. We ne- we we've lost the dimensionality of viewing the world through the lens of the church, through the lens of liturgy sacred days times and spaces the demon the pagans know this for sure there's a, i just here's an article in the guardian on uh this groundbreaking project uh in germany called the house of berlin the house of one and the, this will this will house a mosque a synagogue and a church combined into one site this is going to be the first uh, a place of location a location of tolerance and openness where theological aspiration to be open to other spiritual perspectives with equal respect. Ironically, the, the, again, you can't make this stuff up. There's no coincidences. <laughs> Ironically, this, the place oh, was God. a former church, St. Peter's Church, celebrated after the saint or the true unity of humanity is celebrated under the, the one church that is one holy apostolic and Catholic that would unite all cultures. Now that church has been torn to the ground and they're building this, this chapel to celebrate really Luciferian constructs of, 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 of tolerance, uh, secular humanism, tolerance and openness, right? This is not what we understand the, the 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 power of the Catholic Church. This is so when we go back to the foundations of of All, All Saints Day. This is the what one of the Psalms that's read in in the Office of Readings, Psalm eight, right? Um, How great is your name, our Lord, our God, through all the earth? Psalm eight. Um, your Majesty is praised above the heavens. On the lips of children and babes, you have found. Praise to foe your enemy, to silence the foe and the rebel. You have made him little less than a god. This is from Psalm 8. And we read that on that day because who are the mouths of babes that, you know, that, 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 would, that cry out and give praise to God that silence the enemy? 
the, the words and witness of the lives of the martyrs and the saints that who defeated the enemy in the flesh while on earth. That's who we're celebrating on All Saints Day, beginning the night before. It's such a great feast. We begin the night before. And then we carry that. We take the glory of the saints. We, we want to emulate them. We seek their intercession. And we, we also remember those who, uh, who have gone before us, right? Not saints. You know what I mean? Our, 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 our buddies, you know, our, our family members, et cetera, that we know are not saints. And we don't, we don't canonize them. We pray for them. That's the Catholic return. We have to pray for the souls in purgatory. So when you do the when you read the readings and the art associated with this feast day, what you see is a connection of what what the catechism refers to in the language of the church. Uh, uh, the catechism 954, the three states of the church, the three states of the church, says the catechism at present time. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, at the present time are the disciples and pilgrims on earth. That's the church militant. Others have died and are being purified. That's the church suffering. Others still in glory, contemplating full and light. Uh, God himself, triune, exactly as he is, uh, uh, um, the church triumphant. The, the, you can't separate the reality of these of this triduum of feast with the, the, the whole church, what St. Augustine calls the totus Christus, the entire Christ, head and body. And that body of Christ is, is seen in these three dimensions, these three states, according to the language of the church. And we bring to bear that, and we pray for the dead, and we pray for the intercession of the saints. This is what this feast is. It brings the whole church to bear upon the earth. And, 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 and of course, this is a great feast day for the demon to, to subvert, right? Many, many people say Halloween is, is their greatest, uh, um, their greatest, their, their best favorite day of the year, even more than Christmas. It's becoming something that's equal to or greater than Christmas. Like you said, it's a billion-dollar industry. Yeah. And you're right about because uh, I've been to a few satanic websites. Uh, in fact, in the last week, just to look for the show. Uh, I don't recommend anybody uh, do that uh, unless you're seriously in a state of grace and and, and uh, have a serious prayer life. But yeah, every satanic website I went to this week, I went to about four or five um, t- Temple of Saints, a couple of other ones. All of them say October 31st is their high uh, their highest holy day. Anton LaVey, I was looking up on Wikipedia. He was saying the same thing. The founder of the Church of Satan in San Francisco. He says October 31st is their high, hol- uh, their high holy day. But uh, <clears throat> here's what Father Amor says about, about Halloween. He says, We should understand that a pope, <clears throat> 843, years after, 843 years after Christ, Gregory IV, moved the Feast of All Saints, which at that time was on May 13th, to November 1st in order to stop this evil tradition which had arrived from Ireland of adoring the world of the dead. So, mm. again, the, the church is trying to baptize. In other words, we don't run away from a fight. Uh, the, the, the church, uh, we've always tried to baptize culture. And I'll give you an example of baptizing culture. Uh, <clears throat> some people say, well, you know, some Catholic extremists will say, it's it it's too macabre all this death and darkness. Well, in the Middle Ages when you went to a Catholic church during the homily, it was very common in the Middle Ages for right there on the ambo on the pulpit, especially during the season of Lent, the priest would have a human skull on the pulpit and there was a sign underneath the skull that read memento mori, which means remember you must die. Also remember, so the church doesn't run away, run, away, run away from the macabre. 
We try to baptize it and remind people of the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, hell. Halloween is a good time to discuss and catechize friends and relatives about the four last things. But also in the Middle Ages, Dan, in Europe, you'll see a lot of these real old churches. They have demons around the church uh, on on the roof. They're called gargoyles, okay? Gargoyles, they're they're, they're these statues that were used in many of the medieval, medieval churches Outside the perimeter of the roof, what for? To remind the Catholic people of the reali- the reality of demons in the world. So, uh, I think yeah, because Catholic. That's yeah, great, go ahead, Dan. Great imagery because inside the church, in the, inside that building, is where Christ dwells. On the mm-hmm. outside of that building is where the demon is. We go into that building to be strengthened for battle. We go back out with the reality of what we're facing. So you know, they even have those. I was walking through Notre Dame's campus at a football game years ago with a, with a friend of mine who's Protestant, and he was just shocked that there would be a building with a gargoyle. And I explained that reality to him, like, "No, dude, they're out here." You know? Was it Father Amorth said a demon said and asked him, "How many are you?" And he said, "I think it was either Father Amorth or Father uh, Candini." The demon said, "If you oh. could see our number, we would darken the sun." Yeah. Yep. Right. I mean, so you're right. That's that's yeah. great. But it's what you see again, architecturally, uh, sacred art. We begin to see these deeper realities. Um, the, the the gospel being laid out in in picture form for us. Sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to make that. Point. No, 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 uh, Dan. But I I also like the that that to me the connection with Halloween, even though. The secular world has ripped it off by and large because they've pumped billions of dollars into it. But remember, liturgically, there's something that that flows from that, because, again, uh, this is a holy evening. And I know the secular world and the Satanists and the witches, what they've done to it, they've corrupted it entirely here in America with billions of dollars. But again, I think it offers it, it prepares us for the next day where we could start thinking about the last four things, death, judgment and heaven and hell. All Saints Day and All Souls Day. And then it's not a coincidence that at the end of the month, these, uh, you know, Halloween, Holy Evening, All Saints Day and All Souls Day, it, it precedes uh, the end of the liturgical calendar in the Novus Ordo Mass, which is the feast day of Christ the King. So shortly after, you know, Halloween, All Saints Day and All Souls Day, a few mm. weeks after, we go yeah, right into yeah. the celebration which ushers in the end of the world, Judgment Day, Christ the King. I don't think it's a coincidence that it flows just like that so close. No, no. And we begin, we begin, the church then begins to look for the coming, right? The adventus, the arrival, mm. right, uh, of Christ, the of the King, who was born in a manger, in a feeding trough, right? Who says, I am bread, I am food for you, Um on Memento Mori, I'm reminded of a of a church I visited in Rome. In the heart of the Gucci district, we were we were we were we were just trying to see everything we could see in a short amount of time, and we were looking for the transverberation of Teresa, and it's, it's right. And that's at the end of the of this Gucci the, the Gucci district. I mean, you're talking like fifteen hundred dollar a night hotels, right in the middle of it. There's only one church in the middle of the the most opulent part of the city of Rome, the Eternal City. Is is what's called the bone the bone church. Have you seen pictures? Have you ever visited? There's oh, like yeah, yeah. two or three uh-huh. in the, and the whole place yeah. is, a, is an above ground mausoleum uh, uh, of dead of dead of dead friars. It's a Franciscan church, and so the place is decorated with the bones 
of the dead. And in and in human bones, you see this. This is very Catholic, you know. You see the words spelled out, memento mori, as you say. Remember, you're going to die. Right in the heart of the Gucci district where the wealth of the nations are represented, the, the, this opulence of Rome is this one church. You talk about divine irony. People say God has no sense of humor. I would say no. Go down, go to Rome and see this stuff. It's beautiful. And so it reminds us of our death. And we see the, the, the old monastic crucifixes. You would see on the bottom of the of the crucifix, they would wear there's a skull and crossbones, right? With, med- with that, it's meditating on our death. The pictures of Jerome and the ancient desert fathers, they're standing there with a skull at their desk, and they're remembering their death. And so how are you going to live your life today? As opposed to Santo Muerte, celebrating holy death, celebrating, uh, um, glorifying, and almost deifying death uh, is, what, was what, is what this feast day does. And we see, again, it's a bracket creep from the Catholic to the secular and from the secular to the that's what we have to reclaim you're listening to wednesday war college jess romero dan schneider <clears throat> dan let's speak to the young parents young parents that get pressured by society and they're saying i you know there's just so much pressure from the neighbors from my family members at the school yeah. and my kids they're you know mike I, I gotta take my kids out to trick-or-treat Here's what I would do that I'm going to have have Dan respond. If you're going to take your kids out to trick-or-treat, number one is you don't dress them as anything macabre. You dress them as something virtuous, something that's that's going to uh, be transcendental, beautiful, good, and true. Point to God. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this on the next segment. What do you do if you choose to take your kids out to trick-or-treat? We'll be right back. Stand up, stand up, stand up for Jesus. This is Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. So what happens if you have a young couple pressured by society, pressured by their friends, pressured by the culture, pressured by the schools to take their kids out to trick-or-treat? Here's what I would do, okay? You get your kids. <clears throat> before you all go out as young adults, pray with them. Pray in our Father. Pray three Hail Marys. Pray St. Michael the Archangel together. A glory be. If the dad's there, the dad should lead the prayers. The dad should raise his right hand and pray over everybody as you step out, you and mom and the kids. Something simple like, may God bless us and protect us all this night in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Something simple. Make sure all of you are wearing your sacramentals around your neck. Make sure that you know and watch closely every house that your kids go to and make sure uh, as you're walking with them, and also, mom and dad, it'd be a good idea to pray the rosary mentally as you walk the neighborhood trick-or-treating with your children. Now, personally, if you see a house decorated like a haunted house or graveyard with skeletons and skulls, I'd probably pass up that house and not go and get candy from there. Uh, but 
the safest place to go, there's a lot of parishes that have Halloween events. Like here in Phoenix, there's a lot of parishes that have what's called trunk or treat, where there's they're having like a tailgate uh, party in the parking lot, you know, and people, different families are coming with their trucks and giving away candy. So that's always a safe place to go for your parish Halloween event. And make sure that uh, the, wherever, wherever, make sure however your kids dress, they're not dressed up as something that glorifies evil or what's ugly or gory or nasty or macabre. Make sure that the costumes are something virtuous, something that, that is beautiful, dignified, good and true. Dan, what would you tell young parents if they feel pressured to take their kids out trick-or-treating? What would you tell them? Yeah, no, I I, I think, you know, I don't have much to add to that. I think what you're suggesting is very prudent and uh, balanced. And so, yeah, that, that's a that's a good approach. I think the key, again, I'm just an old calf scout that's been repurposed in the spiritual battle. So um, our, our job is to is to tell the clean from the unclean. You got to know what the enemy's doing. You got to be aware of that. You don't focus on them. As we say in the deliverance ministry, the demon is tertiary to Catholic liberation. And the demon is tertiary, even in spiritual combat. The most important thing is the focusing on Jesus Christ. Amen. The second is, what are the things that are blocking us? What are the attachment points that block us from union with Christ? And third, and only third, and last is, what is the enemy doing? But we got to know what the enemy is doing, and how do we do that? How do we teach that to our children? Basically, it's teaching them to know the clean from the unclean. You know, the analogy that I that I like is um, how they train bank tellers. To, to, to identify phony, you know, counterfeit bills. They never let their pure virginal fingers touch one when they're doing all their weeks of training before they turn them loose, you know. And so that when they do get a fake bill, it'll automatically, it'll just, it'll feel different. It'll feel, it'll feel off. And that's kind of helping our children develop a Catholic gut, a Catholic sense, a Catholic view of the world. You know, uh, scripture, it's, I think it's in the Proverbs, teach a child when he's young and he will not stray when he's old. How do we do that? It's, it's showing them the Catholic roots of culture of society and, and, and not being over, uh, you know, focusing on the devil, but, but showing and teaching them the authentic, the clean from the unclean. Because eventually they're going to go on their own and they've, they've got to they've learn how to, 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 to navigate this dark world, on, uh, but have the tools for it. And that's that what you, the things you suggested to me are very reasonable. I personally wouldn't go into a house. That, that was looked like a graveyard out front. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, trust anything. I, I've just seen too much. In, again, the work that we do in the apostolate, too much cursing and cursed food and these other things. I wouldn't take any food from from a stranger. People leave me stuff all the time at conferences and food and stuff. And I don't know uh, who's showing up handing me what. So I wouldn't take I wouldn't go, especially to a dark house. I would stick to the houses of people that, you know, and trust. Dan, uh, you've <clears throat> talked to me about haunted houses a lot of cities have these halloween haunted houses you know for in, in their town in the city for the kids uh, to come to and uh, i mean these are like hollywood 3d you know there's a lot of money that they dump into these haunted houses uh and then we also have the phenomena of houses that are really haunted we call them uh, houses that are diabolically diabolically infested so let me ask you a question is there such a thing as a haunted house yes Explain to us from a Catholic point of view. Go into it. Go into yeah. A, so a haunted house, what we would call a haunted house, would, but you say it's it's diabolic infestation. It's an infestation of place. The demon doesn't really care what his assignment is. His assignment is his assignment. If it's a person, if it's if it's a place, if it's a house, 
um, oftentimes you'll see uh, um, places where, where some grave evil took place becomes now a portal, an opening has taken has happened. It now becomes claimed for evil, and that's where the and, and that properly is where the infestation has taken place. And so, uh, which is which was um, as opposed to. Uh, we have to distinguish the rare, rare occasion of a, of a, of a, of a purgative soul asking for help. And we get called in at times to, you know, to go bless this place or this business or whatever. And it could very well be a, a purgative soul. Very rare. Only by God's allow. God allows either one. Let's, let's be clear. But on rare occasion, does God allow a purgative soul to ask for prayers? If it's a purgative, if it's a, if it's a demon, if it's an infestation of place, then it'll 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 be destructive. There'll be strife. There'll there'll be discord. There'll be calumny. There'll be you know it'll be dark, um, a, a dark presence. If it's a purgative soul, you might it might scare you um, because it's something supernatural or preternatural, um, but it's not destructive. And it decreases with infestation of place. The more you pray, the worse it gets. If it's a purgative soul, um, in a soul purgatory, asking for prayer, that again, it's very rare, but at times God will allow that, and it will decrease with prayer. Often you pray a little office of the dead, and that will make it stop. The soul there is being sent back some something happened and that they have to do atonement for, and God is allowing them to seek prayer uh, from the mystical body prayers for their for their to alleviate their suffering in purgatory now let me ask you so, yeah you, places yeah is it possible in the tradition of the church that a soul from hell is allowed to come and visit somebody a soul from hell a damned soul or is it only purgative yeah. souls that are allowed to visit by divine permission you know this is now we're getting into speculative theology okay um yeah, and so there's a lot of disagreement on that. It's it's again that would be very extremely rare that the even in the in the inter in the Praetorian Tundra to the, the to the 1962 right uh, or the ancient right was Saint Saint Charles Borromeo wrote says if a, if a soul presents himself as a purgative soul of any kind as a human soul ignore it as deceptive and so uh, this is from a you know Saint and Doctor of the Church so we have to just be aware of that now you know oftentimes you'll see. Uh, the demon will appear in exorcism sessions as, you know, Aunt Tilly, Grandpa so-and-so. Um, they might present themselves as this person, Judas Iscariot, but um, it's very rare that a damned soul, extremely rare. I've never seen it. Um, so it would be extremely rare. It, it, um, less rare is a soul asking for prayer. That that I have seen on multiple occasions. Uh, Kyle tells the story. Uh, he was involved with a case in the diocese um, back east. Um or maybe the Midwest. I don't remember exactly the diocese, but anyway. So the the uh, the rectory was haunted, so called. The doors were slamming, drawers were coming. It was just, it was very scary for the new priest that had just moved into the rectory. And so they brought in the, the diocesan exorcist, and through some process of discernment, they figured out and they narrowed down the activity to the former pastor's office in his desk, and then. Um, then they discovered in the desk a stack of mass intentions, uh, of, of mass cards that he was supposed to say mass for these people. So the parish took the money or he took the money and he never had masses. He never said mass for those souls. And so the bishop 
get, you know, they report to the bishop. The bishop distributes that throughout the diocese. Um, and those masses were said by various priests as as were conscripted by the by the faithful. And on the, the last day when the last mass was said, all of the all of that supernatural or preternatural activity ceased on the very last day. So so in this particular case, it's a good example of a purgative soul. There was some sin committed. God, by his mercy, allowed the soul to, to go back and ask for help uh, from the mystical body. In this case, it made satisfaction for the sin um, and alleviated the suffering, perhaps even released the soul into heaven. We don't know. And so that, but this is the this is the difference. It's very rare. Um, it's more common to see infestation of place. What's even more common is. Uh, in, you know, infestation of person, you know, and not only infested, but a, a diabolically afflicted person. And they'll call and say, well, I moved, I had this one apartment and I, it was haunted. And then I went to live with my baby daddy and his, his, his trailer was, 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 was haunted. And then I moved over with my sister and her kids and, and you can't believe that that house was haunted too. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> there's one commonality here. It's you, you know, so, so that's, that's more common, but you do see infestation of place where grave activity, you know, I've been to houses where the house was the, this was the house of the practicing witch in the neighborhood. And, um, and that place was infested. And so it took, it took the parish priest as well as the property owner, the landlord going in, reclaiming that house for Christ, taking natural law authority by the landlord, giving permission uh, to the priest to come in to exercise his right authority as pastor, and that cleaned it up. So, so that that's very common. Dan, there's a question I want you to tackle on the fourth segment. Somebody somebody emailed you. They said, um, "Is it okay for us to celebrate Halloween as in as in attending Halloween themed parties or events? For instance, two people of the young adult group from are or are having Halloween parties this coming Friday and Saturday." One is going to be with a costume contest and games, and the other is more of a movie night. And then there's a Halloween party that my fiance got invited to of a friend that isn't a practicing Catholic that is also going to be with a costume contest and games on Halloween Day. And can we also attend public events like these that are Halloween themed? Is it okay? Uh, so that's the question. Is it okay to go trick-or-treating? We already answered that with my fiance's godsons, for example. We'll be right back with Dr. Dan Schneider, Jess Romero, all things Halloween. Stick around. Wednesday War College, uh, Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. Dan, I uh, asked a question of you that was emailed to you by, looks, looks like a young adult couple. Basic <laughs> questions that most people in the audience have. I think we, all, we already kind of answered the whole thing about, is it okay going trick-or-treating? We answered that. But what about the other one? Young, young adults being invited to Halloween parties, costume contests, and movie nights at a house. Uh what would you what would you what prudent piece of advice would you give to a young couple? I think I think if 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 you and Anita called and said, hey, we're going to have a, a an all uh, all saints Eve uh, costume party, please come dressed if you'd like in a costume that that is appropriate for the for uh, Catholic and appropriate. 
I wouldn't dress up as anything other than my dorky self, but other people <laughs> might. But I wouldn't, if it were that context, there were some friends getting together, you know, uh, I know some guys in North Carolina, they have a like something beards and bro, you know, and or beer, beards and bro. And it's a men's Catholic group. And you have to have either grow your beard out for the, for the, for the night, or you have to put a fake beard on and you have to show up with some interesting craft beer. And they, they, they talk about the Lord and its fellowship. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I was just asked to, to sponsor or to join a team, uh, for a, a, a golf tournament for homeless veterans. And, and uh, and that the theme is uh, white trash. And so they give out a, an award to whoever dresses up as the most <laughs> white trashy redneck, you know. So I don't golf, but I do white trash pretty well. So I might go and try to win the contest, you know. So there's nothing wrong with 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 having fun and being human and, and, and wearing a bowling shirt and going as, you know, a, you know, something uh, uh, that would be culturally insensitive, you know, perhaps. But there's nothing wrong with that, having a good time and being human. But if it's a party that's celebrating death, that you're going to see your, your buddy's wife or girlfriend dressed up as a French maid. Uh, and it's going to be an occasion of sin. It's going to be other people dressed up as Freddy Krueger uh, celebrating uh, a, a fictional mass murderer, uh, people dressing up in, as death. I wouldn't have anything to do with it. Again, we go back to what, again, I'm a calf scout. You go back to what is the enemy looking for? Anything inconsistent with the indelible mark of baptism. Is he, would Jesus go to this party? Yes, he went to the house of sinners, no doubt, but he went there to convert them. And you're not going to convert a house full of people dressed up as Freddy Krueger. So I would say keep, keep your, uh, you know, keep your, 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 your shot group tight, you know, keep your friends tight, like your shot group. And so, uh, just be, I would avoid all those things, particularly anybody who's striving for holiness. There's, this is not a place. There's just not a place for that for us. Dan, here's, here's one ap- appropriate costume. I tell people, Hey, if you want to be very Catholic on that night, dress like St. Dennis. So who was St. Dennis? He was, uh, he was, he was beheaded in 250 AD under the orders of Emperor Decian. And so the story is that St. Dennis that he walked 10 kilometers with his head cut off in his hands <laughs> and he preached the gospel the entire 10 that, kilometers that he walked. That's going to happen to you, by the way. There's no <laughs> way if they separate your head from your body, your head's just going to keep preaching. You're going to you're going to be out there and your right hand's going to be doing this too. So that that's a good patron saint for you, man. Right? Yeah. So St. Dennis, he lived in the third century. He was a bishop of Paris, France. And he founded the church in, in, in Paris. He was the founder of the church in, in, in Gaul. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, one of the founders, yeah, in Paris. And one of, and the, the exact the exact spot where he stopped preaching, his head stopped preaching, and where he actually died, there's a small shrine there that's uh that's developed into the Saint Denis Basilica, which has become the burial place for a lot of the kings of France. So that's probably that would be an interesting conversation piece to dress like Saint Denis. But, uh, Dan, uh, here's, here's something, and then I want you to just kind of clean it up after. Here's what I try to do on that day of Halloween. I know because a lot of ghouls and goblins are going to come to my door. <sighs> try to go to morning mass that day. I hit all my prayers, my, my six, 12 and six prayers with the rosary. Do my divine mercy at three o'clock. So I'm all prayed up. I've gone to holy mass. Obviously not everybody can get to mass. Some people work and go to school. But at least hit your prayers, your morning, midday, and evening prayers to include the rosary. At night, here's what I do. 
Uh, I've been doing it for 20 years. I, I, I have a baseball cap that has big letters. It says, Jesus is Lord. I wear a big St. Benedict's crucifix around my neck, a big fat one. I'll have a Catholic t-shirt on. Uh, the goblins will start knocking at my door, you know, in the, in the evening as sun sets. And as I open the door, I give them good candy because you get a reputation in a neighborhood. Kids say, that house gives good candy or that house gives lousy candy. Since I have two big statues on both sides of my door of Jesus and Mary, about four feet tall, I want to give good candy because I want them to say, that's a Christian house and they give good candy. So I open the door and I give a, a handful of good candy. But my wife, we always have a, a, a box of uh, Divine Mercy prayer cards with Jesus's picture on it. And it's, they're very small. So in the palm of my hand, I'll have a Divine Mercy prayer card and it's full of candy. So I throw it in the bag of these little kids. So in each bag, I slip in a Divine Mercy prayer card. And then I look at each of their little faces as they're, as, they're, as they're looking at me with their bags open, and I say, uh, God bless you. Jesus loves you. Have a safe evening. God bless you. So each and every one of them, I look at their little faces, and they remember me. that When they come the, the following year, they say, Mommy, Daddy, that's the house. The man always says Jesus loves you. He always says nice things to you. So again, that's what I try to do to try to encounter Halloween, to try to evangelize, to try to baptize that day. I mean, instead of being Mr. Scrooge, lock the doors, turn off the lights, turn on the sprinkler so nobody comes into my front yard. You know, if I had a dog, put the dog in the front yard. Uh, I don't do that. Uh, I participate, but I use it to evangelize the people that come to my house. Dan, what do you say? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I tend to be a little more (laughs) Scrooge-like. You remember my, I was raised by the original Gran Torino. So yeah, I listened to you. That's nice. But, uh, I, I, I'm just, you know, I, fortunately I don't have that. I don't have to make that decision. I live, I live in a kind of remote area. So, um, yeah, that's thanks true. To God. Yeah. You don't have a bunch of kids in your area knocking. No. Out. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, so, yeah. But, but if I lived in a, in a, you know, where I grew up in the, in the neighborhood in, in Ohio and Columbus, you'd have to make a decision again. Um, but like you said, that's a good. That's a good approach too. Evangel, you know, you're you're the quintessential evangelist. You know, you're 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 always evangelizing, and I think you're a model for the rest of us to do. That's very beautiful. You can give holy cards and, you know, miraculous medals, that sort of thing. Um, yep. Catechize, yeah. Yeah, they're right in the palm of my hand, so the kids don't see them. They see them when they get home, and I'm sure they know. I know what house gave me this, but uh, the fact is, I'm nice to them. I say, Jesus loves you. God bless you. Got a big old Jesus is Lord is cap. Jesus is Lord baseball cap on. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and what I do also before the kids come is I, uh, is I pray a perimeter prayer around my house as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I do that right about 4 or 5 o'clock before the kids start coming. I'll just walk around the house and do a quick perimeter prayer just in case, you know, just in case somebody's bringing one of those cling-ons or these clingers uh, clinging spirits, sure that, yeah. yeah. Make sure that those clinging spirits don't stick around in my house after they leave. Yeah, no, I think again that's a, that's a very prudent and, and 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 balanced way to to participate, but also you know come, take back this 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 holiday. We used to, you know even back when we were kids, you know you dressed up in your dad's military uniform, you dressed up as a hobo, you know uh, uh, you know something something cute, uh, you know what I mean, uh, an old lady. You know, my sister would always dress up as an old lady and and uh, and, you know, it was it was still it was still very innocent. 
Um, so this is a way to kind of restore some of that innocence, what you're saying, but you do have to be prudent. You know, my, you know, I, I, my father-in-law watch, watches way too much. I, I look, I'm not knocking Fox news, but he watches so much Fox, Fox news and they're doing a lot of stuff on, you know, people giving out, um, fentanyl to kids shaped as gummies and these other things, you know, yeah. you do got to be prudent back in our day. Of course, what did they tell you? You can't go to that guy's house. It never, you can't give you an apple cause they slip razor blades into the apple, you know, or they, or they put them into the candy. Um, so you just got to be very, very prudent. We're living in a, we're living in, in dark times. I, you know, I don't, I don't imagine many, many parents would just go door to door to anybody's house. There are those that do that, but I think the prudent parent is stick to those houses that, you know, um, that you know that you know that you would trust uh, the, the food and that they're going to give you, et cetera. But having Respect. private parties is probably a more prudent option as well. With yeah. with you know, like a parishes, the trunk and treat, as you say. Yeah, the good, yeah, the good Catholic. Uh, you know, because you know you're going to be with good Catholic fellowship. Hey, you, yeah, but thanks on the the hints on the sprinklers. I I forgot. I didn't think about that. That's maybe I'll try that. <laughs> My dad had made this device, and uh, again, the original Gran Torino. And he made this device. He was an electrician by trade, and so he made this device. And it, and and it was a there was cats feral cats in the neighborhood and they were just destroying his landscaping and his his yard was spotless as you can imagine like the Grand Torinos, and so he made this device that when the cats if a cat came onto his property it had a motion sensor and it would spray it with water you know and then he didn't quite have it tweaked in and dialed in right so even if, if somebody walked in front of the house they got sprayed so we finally had to he had to shut that project down but uh, but uh, but thanks for bringing that point up for the Scrooges among us. <laughs> yeah well i'm not as much of a scrooge as as as, as people say so <laughs> well uh, uh one certainly thing not like uh, sergeant major kyle clement i mean you talk about yeah can you imagine going to his house for halloween yeah. <laughs> can you imagine halloween at the clement home yeah exactly i love that guy you're gonna yeah you're gonna get thrown out by the seat of your pants Oh yeah, no. He's going to run you through. It's going to be like the Darby Queen at Army Ranger School. It's going to be an obstacle course. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dan, uh, thanks a lot for all the all the good intel here. But uh, once again, remember as Catholics, if you can go to Mass October thirty first, you know, uh, th there's a lot to pray for, a lot of people to pray for. We got elections coming up right around the corner. Uh, and again, it's just a good way to prepare yourself for that evening, especially if you're the father, the mother of the father, you're the patriarch or matriarch, you know, make sure that you're praying for all the family uh, because we should be deeper in the interior life anyhow. And, and, and don't neglect the pray. you know, don't rob your, your, your parents uh, who have passed your, your, you know, any, any loved ones that have passed away. Don't not rob them of, of the grace of your prayers. Uh, Blaise Pascal said that God bestowed prayer upon man to give him the great dignity of being causes, right? That God allows us to pray. He bestowed on us this ability and desire to pray so that we could share in the distribution, distribution of grace and we could be causes of divine life and grace. And so this, this is a great time to remind us, hey, I really need to be having masses said for for my for my my friends, my parents, my dad, my mom, whoever has passed away, praying for them in a holy way that we unite together and help them through the through their 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 passing through purgatory into the arms of Jesus Christ. That's right. Amen. That's a wrap. Wednesday war. I hear the music. I hear the I Apache hit. chatter. <laughs> Here it is. Hey, wake up, America. Don't hit the snooze button. There's a global warming alert. Remember, Jesus Christ is coming soon. Are you ready? Make sure that before you die, you leave it all out in the field for Jesus. That's a wrap. 
And remember the battle cry of the Crusaders? Christ conquers, Christ reigns, Christ commands. See you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. God bless you. Keep the faith.